0: Hello boys and girls, this is Nick Bone from The Ready Working Show, where we speak with a variety of guests on their experiences entering the workforce, the tips and tricks they use to be successful, as well as perspectives from the other side of the table, as recruiters and employment specialists. I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Gabe Richard. He was a mechanical engineer who reignited his passion for software engineering. Gabe is currently working with a startup, RideCo. In today's episode, we discuss the importance of work experience through co-ops and volunteering, as well as how to be successful in life. If you have any questions for Gabe or would like to get in contact with him, you can find him on LinkedIn at Gabriel Richard or you can send him an email at gabe underscore rch at hotmail.com. Be sure to also. Hello, Gabe. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward
0: to this. Absolutely. I'm really excited to hear about how you're involved with a startup and you've kind of changed your career path since we last spoke You're kind of going into software engineering background now. So before we get too much into that, I was wondering if we could start with the beginning, basically how you got to where you are today.
1: Cool, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, man. This is this is awesome. Like Honestly, this is my first time on a podcast, so I love it. It's great it. to have
0: you here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, just like an uh, said, my name, is, uh, my name is Gabe, Gabe Richard. Uh, so let's see, yeah. Nick was mentioning that I jumped into software engineering, um, and I dove into it from mechanical engineering. But yeah, let's backtrack all the way to the beginning. Let's see. <laughs> let's let's go from uh, the absolute beginning. So originally, I'm from Romania. Uh, I live in Canada now. Um, so I moved to uh, Canada when I was 12. Prior to that, I mean, yeah, what I remember, I I spent a lot of time just playing around the neighborhood with with, uh, with friends, <laughs> like the friends that I remember. Uh, I I went up until grade five. Yeah, it was okay. it was the beginning of grade five because I moved here in October of uh, two thousand five. So I would have started grade five there, and. Um, yeah, uh, we moved to Canada. First year in Canada was lived in um, northern Manitoba. It was in, in Thompson. <laughs> Pretty cold, so it was, man. It was so cold. Like um, so, so Romania still has the the four seasons, um, but the winters there are very mild. Like every time we'd get snow, we'd be so happy. Like oh, we can build a snowman type thing. I still remember like looking forward to. To winters, be like, oh, maybe maybe it's gonna snow this year. We're gonna build some snowmen. And I come here, it's like, oh yeah, we can build so many <laughs> snowmen. Then to the day. point <laughs> exactly, like every day. And it, but it got to the point where it's just like it was snowing so much and you had to shovel so much, I got sick of it. <laughs> so yeah, like first year kind of went from like loving snow to like absolutely hating it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah, I uh, let's see. So yeah, I lived in Thompson, Manitoba for a year, I did great. They bumped me to grade six because in uh, Europe, uh, you, they start school late, I guess, like okay. by one year. They started at the age of seven here. They started at the age of six. So because of that, they bumped me, bumped me up to grade six when I came here. Um, lived there for a year because my dad had a, um, a teaching contract there. And then we we moved to Waterloo after that. So I've basically lived in Waterloo ever since for schooling anyway. So I did my high school there. Um and <laughs> so the story to go to university was um, because Waterloo has two universities and right. the idea, like the way my parents picked Waterloo was like, okay, well, it has two universities there. So, you know, they don't have to go away for university, that kind of thing. So <laughs> yes. basically my choice of university was like, you have two universities, you have Laurier, Waterloo, pick one, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, great. <laughs> so yeah, cause it, uh, initially I guess I, I wanted to go to med school. It's like oh, okay. I wanted to be a doctor, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, it was the choice of universities and it's just right. my my sister didn't have a uh, good experience at Waterloo with medical sciences and but it was biomedical sciences. And I'm like, I don't want to go through the same thing. I, I was looking to go go to McGill maybe or something. Um, and my parents like, no, Laurie, in Waterloo. <laughs> and I'm like, You're okay, here. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, let's. I liked, like, I, I was, I was good at math. I was good at the, the sciences. Well, well, I was, I think I just, I built a, um, a strong, uh, working discipline j- just to like get stuff done because both my parents uh, are teachers. So right. they would always be like, well, you know, I'd get 95 and it was the other 5%. That was, right. that was my parents. So <laughs> I, I, w- I, got, I got that beaten into me. <laughs> so, so I was, I was always like working my butt off to, to bring up my marks. Um, but yeah, so I, I was good at all the sciences, all the maths. Um, so I'm like, okay, I definitely want to go somewhere in technology. And uh, at the time, I didn't have a a good po- a good perspective on business. It was just right. like it, like to me, the perspective I had at the time, it's like, oh, it's a doggy dog world. Why do I want to be part of that? You know? So I'm like, screw business. <laughs> uh, and so it's like, okay, I want to lose good at engineering. Um, and at the time, I was kind of interested in robotics. I had a bad experience with computer science and an intro to computer science in high school.
0: Let's hear that story.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, right? Because I'm in software engineering now, but I had a bad experience. So, I think I was originally supposed to go there, but um, so, yeah, I took took an intro to computer science course uh, in grade 10. And... I loved it up until the summative, and I, I don't know if you do you remember the summatives. It's like the, the no. last project to okay uh, at the end of the course, and it's usually like thirty percent of the mark or something. <laughs> so it was like a big project. We started coding in um, in a bunch of languages that nobody uses, and I, I haven't heard what type of like them the languages.
0: Since. Like, uh, do you remember?
1: Uh, so the first one it was Turing, which okay. it's not a language that anybody uses. Uh, it's I think it's strictly for teaching purposes. I don't even know. It's very simple, which is a nice thing. So okay. for anyone that's like uh, that's sort of familiar with uh, with computer science, there's like all sorts of loops in there. Like there's the while loop, there's the for loop. Um, this these concepts didn't exist. You you just <laughs> you'd, in the code you just write loop. And, <laughs> and that you just write loop and end loop, and it'll just loop because you wrote loop, you know. Uh, so it was very, it was very archaic, but it got the point across, so that's all right. Um, and then the other it wasn't even a language, it was a program called Game Maker, which okay. was a point and click type yeah. of program where you could build games with. But okay, again, nobody uses it, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, we, we learned about it, that's fine, right? I think it was like one of the first first versions of the course so the the, this the prof that he wasn't even very experienced at the at the high school at the time I think he had joined two years prior or three years but he he had joined from um from the software industry, okay. so so it's very surprising to me that he chose that route, but <laughs> exactly. that's fine. He was, he was a good guy, though. Like really they can nice either guy. do it
0: really easy or really hard, eh? When they first come here,
1: <laughs> exactly. So, like the nice thing was, like he he was very nice about it, and he tried to introduce it as simply as possible to you know students that have never really like played around with uh, programming. Um, so, oh yeah, and so that led to the summative. And like up to, up up until the summative, I loved everything. I'm like, this is great. Amazing. In the summative, he's like, all right. So if you want to get bonus marks, um, you can pick a new language and uh, build build a game with it. And you'll get like extra marks, you know? So of course, being the kid, like going for a hundred percent, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And he's, he suggested Flash again. Okay. Flash doesn't even exist anymore. And <laughs> nobody used it. And anybody that has maybe coded it and at some point would tell you don't ever try to <laughs> because the, the the issue that i had with it was and a lot of people seem to have is um it's really hard to tell what's wrong when you coded something
0: okay Why so, that? <laughs> uh
1: I, I guess the debugging system it, is very poor and i don't think it was ever meant to be used for coding <laughs> I, I i don't know so yeah so i went to that route and of course with any program that you write if you don't test every new line that you introduce um and of course the noob that i was i, I didn't so i just coded the whole thing oh. and oh why is it not working <laughs> oh i don't know and you got like a thousand lines to go through to figure out what's what's wrong what's not you know so, so it took me like oh no a few weeks i think up to a, a month few
0: weeks? To just, really? yeah at
1: least to figure out what was wrong until wow. like i got it working so like after that experience i'm like i don't ever want to have to go through this again <laughs> yeah. Right. So I'm like, no enough. way, yep. <laughs> no way I'm going to computer science. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was b- because of that. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to software engineering because I don't want to be dealing with this every day. And so I'm like, but I still like the world of technology, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, okay, maybe mechanical engineering. Uh, because at the time I was still interested in Uh, like the medical field and I was thinking maybe I can contribute through working on prosthetics and that kind of stuff. Um, So I didn't know what mechatronics was. I didn't do my, my research. Uh, (laughs)
0: You just signed up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just, yeah. I was, I was that naive kid that it's just like, okay, they have some system design engineering courses, they, uh, programs, they have uh, mechatronics, they have mechanical. <laughs> I remember talking to my mom about like mechatronics. It's like, this is cool. You do a little bit of electrical engineering. Oh, for those of you that don't know, like some mechatronics is basically a mix of different departments into one, like the, yeah, it's the area of if, if you're looking to go into robotics, that's the program you want to want to take on. It, it, t- it tackles some electrical engineering courses, some mechanical engineering courses, some software engineering courses, everything you kind of need to know about the area of robotics, because all of those things come together. I didn't know about that. I didn't know. I, did, I didn't know. Uh, well, I did know that it, it touched all these topics, but right. <laughs> me talking to my mom. I mean, my mom's not the ind- in the industry either, so she's like, "Oh, okay. So you learn a little bit electrical, a little bit of a computer, a little, well, you, you know, nothing. You know, you just a little bit of everything." <laughs> like, like it was like the whole idea of like we a master like um, master of none. Or like, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot that thing, right? And it's just like that's a fair point. You know, thinking naively, so I'm gonna go mechanical, and I did uh and i once i finished the first year i realized that uh mechatronics was the program i want to get into but because it was so popular i couldn't switch into it even if i even with like first year with the first year marks that i had and i I did pretty decently because i was i was told that in high school that anybody that joins engineering their marks drop by like 10 to 20 percent and being like yeah and usually it's, it's it's the truth actually um so when I was told that, I'm like, Oh my God, I yeah. like, like I'm in the nineties. I'm going to go walk out with 70. My parents are going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in first year. I'm like, I'm going to kill this. I'm going to do everything possible. And, uh, I got, I somehow managed to get like, uh, mid mid nineties,
0: I think. Oh perfect. For, for yeah, my, that's not bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was, I, I, I was very surprised. I, I didn't expect it. But, um, from that, after that, my, my motivation dropped because so, what they do at Waterloo Engineering, if you talk, they, they rank you against your um, uh, your peers in, in okay. your class. So based on your average for the term, it'll tell you like you're ranked four out of 98 or something Okay, uh, at the end of each term. And uh, so first term, I got fourth. And then the second term, I got first in the class. And if you get first in the class, you get a first-in-class scholarship and I was like oh, oh man I'm nice. gonna I, like I was thinking okay man my my term is gonna be covered with this money well it was like a, uh, it was like 400 bucks
0: okay and, and it was like so it didn't to quite me, cover it no and I'm like
1: <laughs> why did I kill myself for for this and to me it felt like a spit in the face it was just yeah. like just don't give me anything man if you're just gonna <laughs> give me like chump change you know like what when the tuition is like 8,000 a term like yeah. and this is hold on this is uh um uh, if you're if you're a canadian or a permanent resident if you're international it's triple oh, per yeah. term yeah. so it's it's ridiculous like uh the, the only like saving grace even for international students is the co-ops
0: right we can uh, kind of make some of that back right exactly a lot of the co-ops it, are paid uh all of
1: them, uh, all, of them
0: really? all of
1: them unless you're like if unless you're unlucky and you find a um you're not able to find a a typical paid co-op term and you have to find like a research position. And Uh, usually that's like, um, people do it in the first few terms if they're not able to find a co-op and it happens, that's fine. And some people kind of discover that, oh, research is my thing, you know, and they kind of discover themselves that way, but it's just, and that's
0: mostly for engineering, right? The paid co-ops and co-ops,
1: uh, typically yes. So it, it does depend on the program. But from what I've known at Waterloo, uh, all the en- undergrad engineering programs are, are co-op programs and they're right. mandatory co-op. So it's not like you, you get to pick. But, for example, computer science, it, it's a choice. Oh, interesting. To, to anybody that's going in undergrad right now, I would recommend co-op. We're like, find a way. If, if, if your program doesn't have co-op, then find yourself an internship during the summertime because – experience beats everything else. Like I I keep hearing people having that problem of uh, going four years, finishing their undergrad and have no experience. And the problem is every entry level position asks for experience even though you're supposed to be entry level. It, ma- it makes no right. sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, They want you to have five years experience <laughs> right, out of, and it's like, right well, out of university.
1: Yeah. Like five, five of years, <laughs> five ex- years of experience of learning. Yeah, sure. I just finished <laughs> undergrad, you know, like, <laughs> but it's not yeah. that it's like, they, they want you to know everything before you come in, even though it's, it's entry level, but yeah. So yeah, um, internship
0: work experience, really try to get that.
1: For sure. Um, how, how to get like your first internship, what I would suggest is, look like just start looking now online. Look on LinkedIn. Right. Look look on Indeed. Um, find those positions and let's say you're not qualified, right? Let's say you don't right. have the experience for it. Uh, look at what they ask for. If it's some like I don't like just a software engineering example, it's they'll talk. They'll tell you what languages they're looking for, what frameworks they're looking for. Jump online, start start reading about them, start start playing with them, and then build a project. You know, like build, exactly build experience like yourself. You don't have to get paid for that experience. You can even there's uh, volunteer
0: with different organizations. You know, exactly. every organization is going to need an accountant. They're going to need you know some kind of human resource administration. You know they're going to need these positions to be filled as well so try to get any experience possible and you can always go to different companies as well to help you such as ready working self-plug there <laughs>
1: yes. there you go there you go absolutely seriously because uh, like you guys would know more than than the undergrads, right like right. most most of us live in bubbles right so you don't know what you don't know so it's always good to ask others that may know something that'll connect you to somebody that knows somebody's know somebody and then get you get that internship you know
0: <laughs> yeah networking that's huge that really is huge
1: absolutely and uh, i can't say that enough and i'm i'm Pretty bad for that myself, but I have a friend that like shamelessly reaches to, out, out to everybody on LinkedIn and starts talking to them. Trust me, it does work, and it's just, you just don't don't think about like, oh my god, I'm gonna embarrass, get get embarrassed. They're not gonna answer me. You have nothing to lose. Nothing. Exactly. Like, yeah. like they'll ignore you. Great. There's like the excellent. <laughs> exactly. There's seven billion people in the world. You know, like like okay, that one person's never gonna talk to you again. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you have nothing to lose if, if uh, nobody, like, if some people don't reach out to you, you're going to find that person that's going to talk to you. Right. And you, all you need is one out of like all your failures. You need one to succeed, to get that internship, to get that full-time position, whatever. So you just got to keep on trying.
0: Well, that actually leads to a good question. I was planning to ask you as well. So how has a failure or apparent failure later led you to success? It's a tough question.
1: (laughs) You know what? A really good one I can think of is, so I really like volleyball. Okay. Uh, I played a lot of it in in high school. I played club in high school. And like one of my, my dreams was, which I haven't been able to reach, it was to play on a varsity team, to play in front of a crowd. And I haven't been able to pull that off. And now it's like I'm I'm past my undergrad. It's it's past that. Like at this level, I should be semi-pro if to <laughs> so be right. yeah, at least semi pro to be to be playing in front of a crowd, right? Um so I'm I'm fully aware that okay, uh that that may not happen. But because of that, I was able to put all my energy into um into my undergrad, into my right. marks to to uh, to get the grades that I needed. Um and, because I was able to refocus from sort of giving up, well, not giving up on volleyball altogether. It was just like giving up on that idea of like playing at a very elite level and focus that energy towards my schooling. Because of that, I was able to to go from big company to big company um, in my previous co-ops. So I was able to work for companies like Shell where we worked together, Um, Toyota, Procter & Gamble, uh, Hatch, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I, th- I think because I, my, my focus wasn't split uh, because it, it, like, if you really want to ch- achieve something, you have to make it your sole focus. You can't have multiple focuses because then you, you just put a little bit of energy in everything and progress is very slow. And right. because, because I was able to redirect that energy from trying to get on the varsity team to just my, my own career success, I think that's what helped me get to where I am today, even though I'm not in mechanical engineering anymore, right. but it, it, it helped me focus that energy to, um, to basically discover myself and, right. and figure out like, what, what do I want for myself?
0: Right. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So but, uh, for, yeah. for your co-ops, I know you mentioned you went to quite a few big companies there. I was wondering if you could go through a bit of your process when you were looking at, trying to get an internship with these different companies?
1: Sure. So it's very, for the Waterloo co-op program, it's very structured. And um, so every, every term, what they do, every, every school term, what they do is they, they have the these co-op cycles and they have their own system that you apply through. Um, so I, I would basically run through their process. It, like you, you kind of prepare your, your resume with whatever experience that you have and they have um they allow you to have up to 50 applications so oh, wow. every 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 term they have all of these companies come in looking for co-op students uh because co-op is um co-op students are like they get companies get some sort of a tax break or something there's okay. an there's an, an, an incentive there right, right. so it's, it's to a company's advantage to make use of these co ops because they're, they're basically cheap labor. <laughs> but it's, it's good for us too because we get that experience that then we can use for entry level positions that ask for five years of experience. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Probably so, the same company eh? <laughs> It's asking for the five years experience.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: yeah. And
1: they already know you. Yeah. Right. Which brings me to another point. So co ops are very great long-term interviews. That's right. kind of like they're, they're at it. Exactly. Think of it as, you know, you have four months or whatever, however long, typically it's four months, uh, to prove yourself. And it's, it's kind of like, uh, there's no, um, no strings attached there. It's like, right. you know, your term's going to end. The company knows your term's going to end. So it's, it's lower risk than, than them hiring somebody full-time and having to decide in those three months, if they're worth it, it's, it's it's much more of a pain to do that than be like, you know what, we're going to get this guy for four months, whatever we get, we get, and whatever we don't get, we don't get. But if you prove yourself during that time, they're going to want you back. Right. Exactly. So uh, yeah. So yeah. Coming back to the co-op process is it was basically it, it, it's pretty straightforward in the way they do it. It's just, you kind of set up your resume, whatever experience, and then you apply up to 50, even though there might be more, but, but they it that way so that everybody can kind of get some sort of a Fair, sort of fair,
0: sort of fair,
1: uh, <laughs> sort of fair, because like you're competing against all all years of students. So oh, if like you're a first 24? year, or- yeah, exactly. Wow. So it's it's like an open market basically. So it's you're competing up against like four fourth year students. So typically those like really high end companies you're not gonna get until third or fourth year, but okay. you, you still can. But you're competing against those, those more experienced students and companies will typically try and find the most experienced students for, for their own. Um,
0: and you said you have 50 applications. So would it be worth it to still apply to those high-end and hopefully get some sort of interview and then maybe later down the road, or would you say for the 50 applicant, you really have to plan for your best option of getting in somewhere? Or is it a little bit of both? Uh,
1: definitely a little bit of both, um, for your first couple of terms, I would suggest try and figure out which companies you have the best um, chance of getting because usually that first co-op term is the is the hardest to get okay because uh, a lot of students come in with no experience uh, right. no relevant experience uh, should i say because yeah i had tim Hortons experience and you know <laughs> yeah, okay, <right>. great <laughs> customer service Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, uh, a lot of students don't have don't, don't have any experience so uh, try and focus on those companies that you think you have the highest chance of getting. Um, but as you move on with with experience, start start getting cocky. Start start applying to those, to those companies that you really want to uh, get into. Um, another another nice thing that Waterloo does is they have these information sessions. So companies will come in, and uh, it's a great time to network with with the recruiters there. And if you want to have a higher chance of getting into companies like for example apple they would always have information sessions uh, google as well meet with the recruiters introduce yourself uh and they typically do it before co-op cycles begin so that way they kind of you 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 can kind of introduce yourself you know do like a mini mini interview before (laughs) the interview type thing um and when you apply then they'll kind of remember uh, remember who you are and it it definitely I've, i've seen in the in my um classmates uh successes that it, it definitely drove their chance of success in, in, in getting into that company
0: more did they ever give like a business cards or yep. try to connect on linkedin or what was like the most common method for them to try to connect with these recruiters
1: uh the most common thing was was business cards that's okay. what i noticed now with uh with the pandemic it's probably going to be different i think it's going to be virtual sessions and stuff okay. but i think uh recruiters pretty often like are okay with giving their LinkedIn I'm pretty sure like every uh, big why I'm saying is every time someone's trying to recruit me now like they connect with me and be like hey here's a here's a job position you know like we're looking for this uh so I think they're they're pretty okay with having like Facebook like number of connections and on LinkedIn
0: right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, that, that's what I, during my time in my undergrad, it was, it was business cards. Uh, now I'm, I'm sure it's a mix of business cards and, um, and uh, LinkedIn connections.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's see, what else? Um, oh, speaking of co-op, so I, I'm pretty biased in terms of like how it worked out for me for co-op in engineering at waterloo um this may not be the same for let's say so there is science co-op at waterloo also and i've heard stories that it's much harder to to get co-op in in those departments computer science is an exception uh computer science is just as popular as other engineerings but the other programs i've heard of struggling like it's not impossible but uh it is harder it seems to be that there's a bias towards engineering students um but don't you know don't be afraid of it i would say try like still if there's a co-op option do it uh you need the experience no matter what either you get it through you try and do it through the university or you're gonna have to do it outside of university no matter what you have to um and now, I guess, catering to students that maybe don't have co-op, co-op uh, in their programs, because there's a lot of those, too. Um, an example for me uh, and friends that I know are for, I, I guess, an applicable example was me switching from mechanical engineering to software engineering.
0: Right. Hey, let's um, talk about that. What, what, <laughs> what drove you to, I know we talked earlier about the mm-hmm. uh, what scared you off from, you know, software engineering back in high school, what brought you back to it?
1: It was, um, me starting work in a mechanical the mechanical engineering field. Um, so I started out of, out of university. I, I joined a company that, uh, I finished co- my last co-op with, it was, it was with Hatch and I was doing, um, uh, hydropower engineering for them.
0: What um, is hydropower engineering?
1: So... <laughs> basically hydro dams like dealing okay. with uh engineering stuff for hydro dams. so so it, it was anything from doing like dam safety assessments to doing uh, uh hydraulic assessments if they wanted to so so these hydro dams, they have these um uh, some of them, depending on their length, they have these search tanks. So, so basically, okay. w- what they are is in case the, the turbine has to all of a sudden shut down very fast because something happened in the grid and they had to shut off to to not damage it. This causes in, in the pipeline the large, like large pipes of. Uh, of water this causes a big surge in pressure so these oh, tanks okay. need to be there in that in that flow to to be able to absorb that pressure otherwise you could like <laughs> burst the pipe you know <laughs> like oh, no, yeah. no problem so so I, I would do like all these um uh hy- hydraulic assessments for them uh by the way i i knew nothing at the beginning <laughs> like like zero on how to do this you you just you learn this it's just it's you, uh, you you tap people with experience and and you kind of learn like how they do it and then you kind of go through the motions get advice on how to how you, how to do it of course i didn't do this all by myself like no way this is this stuff is very complicated um but uh yeah i was i was doing these hydraulic assessments um any sort of like analysis that involves a mechanical engineer uh, you name it like I, I was involved with it somehow but usually at a junior level, of course. Um, so I noticed as I was doing this, that like, it was it was like a mechanical engineer's dream. You get to do engineering analysis all the time, but there's a lot of report writing too, which just didn't like at all. Uh, but uh, there was, uh, I just noticed that, I'm, I'm living the dream for an engineer of doing all these analysis and I'm not enjoying myself. You weren't and, happy. Yeah. Uh, no, I was bored. I was bored very, very often. It was just like, Hmm, this is, uh, this is interesting. This is maybe not, not, <laughs> my, not yeah.
0: challenging, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? It, sometimes it was. And when, when I was getting challenged, uh, it, it definitely piqued my interest, but it, I wasn't getting challenged enough. It, a right. lot of times it was, um, it was a repeat of something that I already did and it's just like, mm, okay. Not that great. And, because of that I, I started outside of work kind of exploring myself being like okay so what what do i care about and i also what you know where is the world headed and uh, it's something at the back of my head always told me that like it has to do something with computers uh, because the the world seems to be going that direction everything's getting going more and more high tech and and something was always telling me that if you don't keep up with it um you're gonna fall behind and the moment you fall behind it's really hard to catch up because the rate at which things are changing right and i was thinking okay so maybe it has to do something with computers and i i mean i i still love computers i got my gaming pc i still play a lot of video games so i knew like i i, I don't shy away of of uh, working with computers uh maybe i didn't i I don't build programs in my spare time, but uh, I've started to because things are, things are more interesting now. Um, And I noticed that, okay, this seems to be the area for me. And I was always curious about artificial intelligence also. So I was like, okay, so what can I, (laughs) oh, it's, it's a very interesting field, man. Uh, And it's its own universe. Like if you, if people think, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go in, um, in AI. And it's kind of the same thing as software engineering. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so let's talk about that well, like maybe some people aren't too familiar with artificial intelligence. How would you explain that to someone who's never really had any experience?
1: So artificial intelligence, the way we have it today it's basically a very uh, there they're computer models that use to try and infer information using statistics concepts based on the information that they already have. So the, the the idea is to try and predict new outcome based on previously learned information. Like that's the, that's how artificial intelligence works today. And there's different ways it's it's achieved. There's the area of machine learning, there's deep learning. Um, And so, Like one very interesting area is like natural language processing. So your your Alexa, your your Siri that that's what it does. It basically it 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 learned from a bunch of data that it had from somewhere from well well all the data they must have collected somewhere. Plus you talking to it, that's data that it works with. (laughs) Um, So all these different tones accidents, whatever, whatever, it was somewhere along the way broken down into a way that a piece of program can understand right. or a, a, a very high-end statistical model. But it, <laughs> now people say what's well, a deep learning model. Um, it's it, for a way for this model to understand and, and produce the outcome that we're, we're expecting. And then over time, these, these models got more and more... Um, Complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i guess one way to put it more complex the parameters were changed the the setup of of these uh what should i say like n- nodes that they have like uh, the number of nodes the, the number of layers it, it all was played around with professors have experimented with it and they found you know some good way of kind of predicting
0: what you're trying to say okay and, so it basically just records all the past what's happening now and tries to predict the future so it collects as much information as possible to try to do that
1: exactly and 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 these models basically get get well there's they get trained with with all the data that that's there and it and based on that data it's they're they're being taught like what what's right from wrong based on what they're trying to do like some some models these days like they're you know they try and predict like what's is this a chicken wing or not you know, you could, be, you could, you, you could just mess around with it like that but it's the same concept it's you, you basically throw in a lot of data and be like well this is a chicken wing and um and it basically learns over time and then you check at the end well i gave you a chicken wing are you telling me this is a chicken wing and then and then you 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 keep training the system until you reach a point where okay yeah i Ninety-five percent really of the time, nice. you're right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's really hard to reach a hundred percent. I think I think that's probably an impossible goal. Like uh, uh, just in the world of engineering in general, like hundred <laughs> percent is just not a thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- that's like in very layman's terms, like what it tries to do, um, and it. But it does require using libraries in the area of uh, computer science. But these these libraries are more uh, are becoming easier and easier to use so you don't necessarily have to be a a programmer to know how to use these because you have to use tools that a programmer would use but you don't have to be like oh yeah i'm a professional programmer and I, i i have to i have to be one to be able to to use these no no not at all um so yeah, why I was saying the area of artificial intelligence is different from software engineering is because it uses different concepts. It uses these statistical models that you need to understand um, for you to be able to make sense of what you have. Because you could technically blindly use these packages and come up with something, but you don't know if you're, what, what you're doing is right or wrong,
0: if your data is biased or not. Or it's like right. If- thousand uh, thousand lines and flash and then realizing it doesn't work <laughs> yeah and not not understanding why yeah
1: it literally that yeah, but it, yeah. it's it's also that you don't know why it doesn't work because you don't right. know what each line means you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so it's it's that bad so, like it's, that's why anybody that looks to get into it I mean there's uh I mean there's tons of articles and there's Udemy courses you can take to kind of learn about them um, so if you're looking to get into the area I would say um, take take some online courses these days these these online courses get cheaper and cheaper there's Coursera courses one right. of them um I think is uh, is uh, taught by uh, Andrew NG okay. uh, he's he's like one of the gods of machine learning or the area <laughs> of like AIs from what I've heard so if you're looking to get into that area I, I think I've heard really good things about that course I haven't taken it myself but I've heard really good things it's probably a good intro to the whole area
0: but you're Really good books on AI as well.
1: Um, yes. Oh, oh, you know what? I, I gotta check on my computer. <laughs> Just check it. <laughs> Just a quick check because I, I <laughs> do have one book where, like, somebody recommended it to me from a previous machine learning course I took. Um, what was it? This was an m h c See six, six textbooks. No, not six, five, six. Wrong course. Six, (laughs) five, seven. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this, it's a book called deep learning and it's by, um, Ian Goodfellow, Joshua Bengio, and Aaron Corville. So this, this book is actually really nice in the way it presents all the math you should be comfortable with to be able to understand the, the concepts in, in an area of artificial intelligence, one of them being deep learning. Um, and Yoshua Bengio is also like one of, one of these like very important people <laughs> in AI, I think. Um, so the, the nice thing about this book, I actually used a lot to understand the math that I needed to know ahead of taking this machine learning course. <laughs> and, yeah. Cause I, I got, I got slapped in the face being like, oh yeah, this is, you know, probability is like this. And I'm like, what? So people told me this is a good book. Just read it and you'll, you'll remember everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's. Kind of my tidbit on artificial intelligence um but i know if if, if you do want to get into it I, it's good to also know uh programming too you don't have okay. to be an expert at it it's just if you're or ever
0: or sorry would you say it's almost like a foundation for it or it's just it, related in some way or how would you it
1: builds off it okay. I, I think i think artificial intelligence is Kind, like the, kind of a branch of computer science um it uses computer science concepts but also uses statistics concepts too so it's i think it, it's kind of like at the marriage of, of the two the crossroads yeah yeah somewhere around there like but but to be fair i'm not i'm not uh, i wouldn't say i'm an expert in the area yeah. so if if one of these <laughs> like gods of ai would hear me they'd probably be like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> but it's uh I noticed that knowing software engineering concepts is, is helpful in, in working with, um, with uh, artificial intelligence um, models. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, so
0: I, well, I, I learned guess, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know any of that. So. <laughs> it's, it's a
1: universe of its own. I, I, I guess, I guess why I was saying like software engineering and AI are different is because they're, all, they're, they're their own universes. And in, inside them, they're like other areas that, that, are, are their own universes too. So any area that you dive into, you just discover it's like it's, it's, whole, it's whole, a <laughs> whole new world. So it takes, yeah, it takes a while to uh, to unpack it and kind of make sense of it. But don't be afraid of it.
0: Like, <laughs> don't be afraid of it. Just learn it bit by bit. Start with the online courses, check out that book, things like that. Try to get a, exactly. a, a general understanding of what it is and what you need to really excel in there.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think uh, in any any area that you want to get into, like, uh, I, I guess, yeah, I, I I can quickly talk about like how I jumped from mechanical engineering, to software engineering. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, um, the how I made the jump is I basically started reading things and kind of there there's tons of resources online now, now with the internet, it's like the, the most beautiful thing because there's tons of free resources you can read up on. Um, so I kind of started reading a lot of articles taking Udemy courses, for example, but there's, but there's other resources too. Udemy always has these sales that are just $10 courses when it used to be 300 bucks, but what I, is Udemy? What, what is that? So Udemy is an, is an online learning platform that okay. like, anybody can teach on and, um, and anybody can buy courses from, oh. and they're, they're more informal. They're not like university courses, but um uh, they pe- people rate them all the time, so, so I guess the, the website for it is udemy.com. Um, they, uh, there's people that are from industry that ch- choose, uh, to take of, of their own undertaking to teach these courses, and they just have it. a passion for it, exactly. And and the nice thing about it is they're also rated, so you kind of oh, know yeah. which ones are good and which ones are bad. Which, like, the rate, of, like, f- the feedback system is amazing in, in any. Any sort of area. If there's a way to give feedback, that's great because that that's when you know what's good and what's bad, right? Um, so yeah, I I just started taking these courses uh, and they're fairly cheap, like usually up to twenty five bucks when, when when there's these sales going. So when these sales aren't there, don't like don't don't Wait pay for the sales. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't don't pay three hundred bucks because no, it's a definitely uh, you can probably get three hundred bucks worth of content from there, but. Just wait for the sales, because they, they're 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 always coming. So do they
0: happen pretty often, or?
1: Oh yeah, I yeah. would say within a month at least once. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, just it's just I don't know if it's a marketing ploy that they do. It's just like it's like oh it it used to be three hundred bucks, but now it's twenty bucks. Right. But they, but they always do it, so I'm like I think it's losing its touch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's what I started doing. But there's other places too. Coursera's one, right? Um, Khan Academy, I, I know that one. Khan Academy is a free resource, which is great yeah, if yeah. you want to just start diving into the area of computer science. Yeah, um, another free one is Free Code Camp. It's okay. Um, so they there they teach you like web development, like the full path. And there's like cert- I think certificates that you can get from oh, there. Oh really? Um, so, yeah, that's a really great resources, resource if, if you're strapped for cash. Um, what else? If, if you do have s- some cash, I know EDX is also a good one. EDX and Coursera are kind of on the same level. They're kind of, they're, you can think of them as university level courses. Uh, that's the
0: Harvard X one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Um, there's also another one. What's it called? Uh, Audacity? Udacity. I think it's Udacity. Okay. Um that that's another one that's uh I, I had a friend that basically learned um self-driving cars. Are, uh, what's what's the field called? I guess the the autonomous autonomous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Autonomous vehicles. That that's what (laughs) it is. is. (laughs) So, so he took a lot of courses on autonomous vehicles and through taking those courses, he was able to get a job in autonomous vehicles. Again, from, from mechanical engineering, he went into autonomous vehicles and in the area of programming as opposed to doing like mechanical engineering stuff. Um, So yeah, I would say just there's, there's a ton of free resources. Some of them, yeah, you can also pay for that are not extremely expensive that you can start learning from. And look for these um, courses that have projects in them. Cause again, right. you gotta f- have a way to prove yourself that you have the experience in the best like way. Like a portfolio. Exactly. Uh, so I, I mean, again, this is kind of biased towards computer science, because let's say if you're you're looking to get into accounting, I think the best way to do that is volunteer. Volunteer your right. time. Definitely. Uh, but the idea is to get experience, and, and a good way with with the area of uh, software engineering, computer science is to build a portfolio of um, uh, of projects. And uh, oh, and another really nice thing with um, software engineering is if you can contribute to an um, open source project. So, uh, what is an open source project? So, an open source project is a project that is free to use Uh, sorry a a program a package whatever you want to call it that is free to use and anybody has access to it um almost everything we, we use is built off of open source okay uh python python for example is a language that we can use is 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 free nobody charges for it uh off of python uh these packages got built that build um Uh, websites uh one of them being django and that's another open source project and nobody charges for it and anybody can use it and people build companies off it um so uh, there's all these projects usually hosted on these uh code hosting websites like github bitbucket uh gitlab i think gitlab is more of a private version but github is, is free to use um
0: and you it, just go on these websites and start adding to the the code, or like, how does it? Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so you, it, it's it's free to use. You you build yourself an account, and um, all of these these websites uh, they they use a version control system called Git. There's there's others as well, but what version control systems are? They basically uh, it's a um, it's a neat way to maintain different versions of the code that you have. Oh, okay. So through a set of commands, you can you know pull a bit of code that's newer or older, or you can have different branches. So like, okay, hey, this is version one, this is version two, but this one has this bug in it, whatever. So I'm not going to, I'm going to switch over to this other branch. So I don't use this anymore. It's, it's a bunch of commands that you can, you can do that very neatly with and quickly. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, a lot of these projects are, are hosted there and you can, uh, you can there's ways to pull the code. Uh, there's a lot of people, there's there's like a bug reporting system in there or issue reporting system where people be like, hey, this is a problem. And because this is open source, uh, a lot of them, do people just contribute their time because that's just, they, they like to do that, which, I mean, thank God for open source projects because there's, we'd have fewer pieces of th- technology if we didn't have that. It's like uh, Wikipedia for code. basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly.
1: And, and there's tons of code out there that that's open source, which, which is great. Uh, it's great. that Like it kind of, it kind of shows you that, you know, that there's good people out there. Right. And people that, that uh, even though they value their time, um, they, they, they contribute this time to build these open source uh, projects which is great help the Uh, community exactly and help yeah it helps the general community helps the general education of the community which is which is amazing and through these um it you know I, i i think it gives access to um less like uh underprivileged communities to, to make use of these programs which is amazing assuming of course that they have a computer or access to a computer with with an internet connection right which which we're on our way there too because because of starlink and other stuff like satellite internet and uh we're getting there we're getting there
0: yes oh so starlink you mentioned do you know a lot about that or um some.
1: Uh, w- what I know is that, uh, it's, it's Elon Musk company that's looking to make internet worldwide. Uh, and the way he's doing it, he's, he's deploying, uh, satellites, uh, or in, in Earth's orbit through, through, uh, his other company, SpaceX. I mean, what he's been able to do is amazing. Like, <laughs> <It> is <phenomenal. laughs> I, I, absolutely. Like, uh, I mean, I love it. Like it, it, he's, uh, he's definitely a role model for me and what he's been able to, to pull off. Like I definitely love to do something like that. Uh, and, and being able like, he, he doesn't get bored and that's amazing. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, He runs like four things.
0: companies at the same time. <laughs> I think there's more, I think just there
1: like more 10, now? 10 or 11, like, like there's, there's the boring company. There's Starlink, there's, there's Tesla. There's,
0: uh, Is Neuralink uh, its own business too? Or? Neuralink. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: SpaceX, I, I don't know if I already mentioned it. And there's like, Oh man, I, I, there's quite a few more. I, I remember last time I looked at the list, I think it was 10. And like, <laughs> some, some of them we just don't hear as much of.
0: Hyperloop, I think, is one of them. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's amazing what he's been able to do. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess coming back to like, eventually, I think we're, we're technology is getting cheaper and cheaper from my perspective. So, less underprivileged. Um, no, sorry. Underprivileged uh, communities will, will have more and more access to these technologies, which is great. And then with with open source projects, people will have, be able to have access to these and basically teach themselves. Like uh, we're we're heading
0: that direction. And it'll create so many more opportunities because there'll be so many more people working on these different areas, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, and bringing everybody online will will have will build a larger community that could contribute to these uh, these open source. Communities, right? Which is which is great, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the best ways. Uh, contributing to an open source project um, is a good way to show that, first of all, you're able to code, um, and you're contributing to something that will that gets reviewed by other coders. So you can't just like build something and put it back in the code. And it's <laughs> It doesn't work like that. It, it's it, like, it goes through a review process. So, okay. so uh, until like it gets. A review type process. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Typically there, there's like these main contributors to the project that kind of maintain that code. And um, those people typically review what other contributor contributors um, try to, to add to the code and right. they'll look through it. Right. They'll test it out. be like, okay, yeah, this looks good. Uh um, accepted or approved or whatever. And so going through that process and having code that's been added to the open source project kind of proves that you can work with others. You can jump into a piece of code that's already existing and change it, make it better and go through the review process and pass that review review process. That's That's what software engineering is basically. You work with a bunch of people. There's a bit of code that has already been existing there and you have found a way to, to understand what that code means and add to it. That's, that's what every code coder does, basically. So if you're able to do that with an open source project, it, 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 it proves a lot, right? And it can actually prove a lot. Uh, no, I can't say a lot more, but it, it can prove more than, than just a project that you built yourself because that's, it's easier to do when you just build something from scratch because there's nobody, no architecture imposed on you. Or there's no way that the code was built and imposed on you. You get to pick, like from zero, you create something. But projects from scratch to to something is still good because it shows right. that you can do something. But but the next step after that would say I would say is a contribute to an open source project because that proves a lot more. I just said not not a lot more, but yeah, <laughs> you get my point. It helps, yeah. Yeah, definitely. it definitely helps. It it <laughs> helps prove another area of you. Um uh it's that experience
0: that, help- that you mentioned before and something that they can actually see as well and see the results of.
1: That's right, exactly. Um, and it's more reflective of what the industry is like than building something from scratch to and then creating something. Right. But any experience. Beats no experience. Exactly. So, yeah. so at the very least, if, if you're, if you're stumped at to be like, wow, oh, man, there's all these things that I can do. Just start reading a blog. Just start with that first step. Uh, pick some course and then build that first project, you know, get your, uh, get your feet wet. And then once you get more comfortable, then you can start diving into using a uh, contributing to open source projects. But, don't get, don't get overwhelmed. Or, or if, right. if you do feel overwhelmed, just take it step by step. It's a large universe that's <laughs> continually expanding and there's a ton of stuff. Don't try and understand it all at the same time. Cause you're going to get overwhelmed and yeah. it's, uh, you don't want to, the, the worst thing you can do is freeze and do nothing. Right. Just take a step by step. If, if you don't know what to do is just read something. Like just start <laughs> reading something that that that's all. Like even, even, that is a win, but, but, the um, always always make sure you're doing something.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like what you said before as well. You don't want to do too many different things at the same time. You want to kind of focus and conserve your energy on one topic because otherwise you become exhausted and overwhelmed and then like you said you end up doing nothing.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh yeah, I'm I'm speaking from experience here because <laughs> I was I was that guy. Be like but there's machine learning, there's deep <laughs> learning, and there's there's python and there's uh, Django and all these other things and I want to learn about everything and there's not enough time. It's just like okay. Step by step. Break but it down. <laughs> break it down. Yeah. Just start with one. Eventually you're gonna work your way there. It's just don't try and do everything
0: at the same time because you're not gonna understand anything and you're gonna go nuts. And then you're right. gonna give up. Right. And build that foundation, right? Of that math, of that basic understanding of would you say coding or programming and
1: Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it it depends on what you want to get into first, because so so if you want to do software engineering, okay, start with software engineering. If you want to get into uh, AI, then uh, I would say like reading a good textbook on this is important because it I think for AI, understanding the math of why it works the way it works is is important for you to really to, to be good in that industry if if you want to be respected and, and people kind of listen to what you have to t- talk about, you should really understand the foundations as opposed to, yeah, I'm just going to create something. You know, <laughs> yeah. It works, you know?
0: Yeah. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it doesn't.
1: But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess one, one other thing that I did to go into software engineering is I, I did choose to do a, a master's part-time, which I'm actually still doing. Um I've got two more courses to go. It's, um, it's the way, But the reason why I did this was one of the things was for credibility. It's always nice to have um, something, some piece of certificate that says, hey, I, I did software engineering. Um, if you can't do that, that's fine. There's a lot of people that have gotten into the industry with just doing, like, building these projects. Um, And building this portfolio, improving themselves, and contributing to open source projects. Actually, another good thing about open source projects is networking. You get to meet a lot of people, and and you know, people talk with others. And over time, like your name will travel. So it's gonna reach some company and be like, "Oh, I I see you're in the same city as me. We're looking for a person to do this. I saw that you contributed there.
0: You know, and
1: make sure you're
0: easily found on the internet for that regard." (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: I would say, I would say, so GitHub, it would be like the LinkedIn of software engineers from the point of view of the code that you have. Right. It kind of shows like, Hey, this is what I've built. All this stuff is there.
0: It's essentially your resume. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it is. So yeah, for any person that's looking to get into um, software engineering industry, I would say make sure you have a GitHub account if you don't already have one um, for AI. Uh, there's, oh, what's it called? Data camp, data, uh, data something. Going to look it up?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, uh, what was the machine? Competitions. Are there competitions? For- Kaggle.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so Kaggle, uh, K-A-G-G-L-E. Uh, Kaggle is like a github for data scientists oh, okay um, so the data scientists are usually people that that deal with these these um, ai ai models um there are Kaggle competitions that basically the idea is like okay so here's a piece of data we're looking to predict their people's emotion based on their tweet for example that was a competition way back and based on and you just you, you get the data and you start playing with these um ai models um you, you a lot of people do it in python so if okay. you if you ever if you're a person that's looking to get into software engineering potentially looking to get into ai learn python uh it's a very popular language that's used in that area um so yeah okay for the competition people just get uh, this piece of data and they pack away on it with, the uh, with, the AI models that they have access to, uh, all of these, they're, they're available for free. Like one of them is, um, TensorFlow. Um, another one is PyTorch. These are, these are AI, uh, packages where you can start using, um, different types of AI models to, oh, okay. d- that you can train using the data that you're given. Where and can so, you find those? So, they're available. Well, there's websites for them. There's
0: documentation. So if you so just if you, look it up, you'll be able to. yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, typically, you, you in in Python, you can just install them the typical way you would st- install a package for Python. So it's like um, a pip install uh PyTorch or pip install like that's that's the, uh, that's the actual command like pip install um, TensorFlow. Um. And and it's free to use. So again, beautiful uh, open open source projects. Exactly. Right. Like if, if we didn't have these, oh my God, I don't know what to do today. (laughs) But yeah, there's documentation online on how it works. Um, but again, it talks about a lot of these deep learning and machine learning models that if you don't understand the background on, you're like, okay, so I don't know what to use. Right. So that's why it's always good to start with something that kind of builds the foundation well, so that you know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Um, but yeah, so if you just Google online PyTorch, Py is just P Y T O R C H. Um, you can find documentation on that. Uh, TensorFlow, it's the way you hear it. So tensor T E N S O R F L <laughs> O W. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's gonna probably gonna be the first thing you you come across. Um, yeah, and there's there's yeah there's competition online uh, on, on Kaggle where people use these libraries to um, to try and train the model uh, the model that they pick. Um. And they try and reach the highest accuracy. And the highest accuracy typically wins. Like, I think, I think that's, oh, wow. that's the only condition. So people reach maybe sometimes 95% accuracies and they win the competition. Never 100, though. <laughs> Never. I don't think I've ever seen one to be 100. Like, that's it's just next to impossible to hit. But uh, if, you're, if you're in the high 90s or, or even low 90s, if, if you're at least 90, you're pretty good, I would say. Uh, I don't know what you get for winning the competition, but at least you get uh, credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you can oh, do something support. like that, exactly. Like you can use that on your resume,
0: being like, I won the scale competition. That That's, yeah, that's a huge, yeah. That's huge to add onto the resume, anything yeah. you can add on and networking again, like you said, maybe there are some other teams or other competitors that you can eventually team up with in the future on projects or open source projects.
1: Absolutely. And have getting your name out there through winning one of these competitions. There's other people there that are working, already working for a company being like, well, why like. Let's reach out to this guy and be yeah. like, you want to work for us? <laughs> like this, these things happen for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, but I mean, I mean, we, we dove into a lot. And I think again, if you to get started, start small, yeah. don't, there's a lot, there's a lot and it, it continues to grow, but take it step by step. Don't, don't feel like you have to know everything today. Be patient. You You would be surprised how much you can achieve with just focusing on, on small things step by step.
0: So I guess uh, a good question to ask you would be, so when you are feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, or you lost your focus, even just temporarily, what types of things would you do to regain that focus? Usually
1: I, I think about why I'm doing this. What's, what's the end goal. it's always, it's always good to set a, a target as to, well, why did you go into this to begin with? Right. And, um, Maybe it's just oh, I'm interested in this. Cool. Um, the stronger your why is, the better, because that 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 grounds you very quickly. If it's like for me, for example, my num- one one of my number one goals in life are to become financially independent. Um, I don't want to have to work for money. Like I right. wanna I wanna work because I wanna work. Uh, like th- that's my my mentality. Um, and I know one of the reasons I went into software engineering and AI is because I think I can achieve financial independence by using these technologies at the same time, I want to help a lot of people. Right. And uh, I I want to find a way to help as many people using this technology, because it's, it seems to be very easy to deploy it's uh, once it's created, it's very easy to duplicate and get everybody to use it. So I just need to find what is that, what is that thing that I can help everybody with? and build it and duplicate and deploy exactly but yeah i I guess come back to the question is uh know why you're doing what you're doing if you don't know take the time to find out uh and you 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 probably are not going to answer right away because it's not an easy question to answer but like start writing down your thoughts just come that come through your mind it's easier to write things down because it helps finish the thought. I know I find myself a lot thinking about stuff, but the thought never gets gets finished. It's just like little little bits and pieces, little phrases here and there, but the full sentence never occurs.
0: Do you like journal then weeklies or daily, monthly, or do you write down goals? How do you usually keep track or finish these thoughts?
1: So if I... In cases where I'm very overwhelmed, I start writing things down. I, okay. It's just like what, whatever's going on through through my mind. There, there's two things that I usually do. One, d- depending on if I'm just really stressed or o- overwhelmed, I just start writing what's going on through my mind. If it's if I feel overwhelmed because of the, all the things that I have to do, I find that, I don't, I don't know why, but making a list of all the things that I have to do. Yeah grounds me and being like I do the
0: exact same thing so yeah
1: (laughs) right it's just like you you somehow dump whatever's in your mind on paper or or on a notepad whatever you have Uh, and it kind of helps you be like all right okay so that's out now so let's start with the first one (laughs) you know
0: and then you can visually check off each thing that you complete and it helps you stay grounded in that way as well and be like exactly to be overwhelmed look how much I actually got done today
1: exactly and and um but but the one pitfalls that you can fall into be, be very careful of is if you don't cross everything off and you're like right. oh my god i didn't finish everything <laughs> yeah. it's totally okay you it, 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 i think in those cases it, it's good to say okay well maybe i'll set a top three for today right and if if i don't get anything else done set these top three get these top three things done and it could be the, like the simplest things like Maybe you can put your top three to, to, to the simplest things. You can get it done within 20 minutes. Okay. That's it. From there. Brush your every, teeth, make your bed. and <laughs> Have
0: breakfast. Write this right. list. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> and that's it, you know, but you did something and you said, okay, if nothing else gets achieved today, these top three things need to get done. And that's it. Fine. Right. You get those things done. There's already a weight off your
0: shoulder. Right. And I think that could be related to meditation as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, know, you don't have to sit there for an hour by yourself, being quiet, even if you do thirty seconds, one minute, two minutes, five minutes, as long as you take that moment, because it's going to take time. It's going to take practice.
1: Yeah, and and I, I guess that kind of dives into it's it's good to set yourself a, a morning routine to to get yourself grounded to be able to tackle every day. Um, I like I, when when I first finished my undergrad, started working full time. I read a bunch of books as to like I wanted to find out what what do successful people do? Like what, what is the common thing that they do? And it's, it's the same thing over it and is. over and over again. <laughs> it really it's, it's, is. Yeah. yeah. It's that morning routine. Like it, it's somehow it's, and you see this in, in elite athletes too. Maybe, maybe it's not necessarily a morning routine, but it's a routine that they do before every game right. again, routine, because it's, it's a way of priming your brain to get ready for whatever's coming. So if right. you can get yourself in a situation where you have a morning routine, where, um, examples like uh are like journaling or or writing your top three for the day like planning for the day um uh meditating even self-reflection self-reflection um working out even for even for 10 minutes man do jumping jacks for 10 minutes i don't know (laughs) like just get your heart heart pumping um uh what else usually usually it's yeah usually it's a mix of those And if if you can consistently do those things, um, you you'll find yourself that you're able to jump into work and get a lot more done over time, and and you won't even know where it's coming from. And and here's here's the kicker though: you stop doing it because like, oh, I'm I'm doing very well now. When you stop doing exactly, and you'll notice that when you stop doing it, you get back to the bad
0: habits very quickly. Yes. You fall Cause it's back a, in the cycle and yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like it's a, a diet, sp- it can't be temporary. It has to be a lifestyle life. change. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's because it, it's a snowball effect in both directions. Right. It's a snowball effect towards the good or a snowball effect towards the bad, but it's up to you to control. Cause if you don't if you don't do anything, that's actually a snowball effect towards the bad because you you won't notice what's happening to you but things still happen to you right yeah. and then next thing you know you wake up one day and you're like just i just hate where i am what well, am yeah, i doing exactly it's just like, well, like cuz you're not trying to do anything so like your your body is uh, and your mind is trying to keep you comfortable cuz that's what it was built to do
0: but comfort isn't always the best thing either right it, like you said you want to be kind of out of that comfort zone
1: yeah yeah absolutely so. like you you definitely want to push yourself outside of the comfort zone and and it's it, it i i get it it's annoying right it's annoying <laughs> it's to always have to do it it's a pain but it's it's how we grow as people we don't grow through comfort we go no. we grow through pain like it's just it's unfortunate it's just how how we are right but it's it this is how the system works so if you want to get better at anything you have to make yourself suffer unfortunately that's just <laughs> yeah. that's just how it is so like first of all we just you have to accept it and move past it and start taking it step by step you don't have to do it again you don't have to do everything today
0: just one thing oh, right yeah.
1: wake up in the morning and write your thoughts down
0: And you might not want to, like you said, but you just, if you do it, you'll feel so much better after like going for a run. I don't want to do a three kilometer run. I'm, yep. I'm thinking I really don't want to, but after I do it, I'm like, I'm really glad I did.
1: <laughs> right. Every, and every time there's not one time. What you think? Like, I can't, like, I hate myself for having done that. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Maybe if you do like a one hour, like uh, high intensity interval training, maybe that's where you're like, what the hell did I do to myself? You know, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, you always feel good uh, after, after doing it, but during yeah your brain's screaming at you like what are you doing? <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> just get through it <laughs> yeah exactly
1: you just you and, and the more you do it you'll 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 start disciplining yourself and you kind of discipline
0: is huge it's a,
1: like it's way more than than talent for example like it's discipline is like your number one path to success i would say if, if you're not disciplined i don't know how you're going to achieve any any goal that you have exactly because it's, it's, it's discipline uh, and persistent action that, that gets you there. Routine. Exactly what routine. you said before. It's routine. Exactly. It all it's, comes it's,
0: back to it.
1: And, and it's, it's, it's a general rule in whatever industry, whatever direction you're in. Uh, again, like all these successful people that are out there, that's what they do. It, it's, it it's just, yeah. they have this persistent action, this, this discipline to, maintain a routine that gets them into the mentality to to continue on whatever path that they're going
0: to reach their goals that they've set exactly and they're not just out there doing nothing you know out in the wind they have specific goals that they have there's certain things that they have to do to get there and they're disciplined and they have the routine to get them there
1: absolutely absolutely and like and if you are persistent i mean sky's the limit like look at what people have been able to pull off right like look at jeff Bezos. look at bill gates look at like these are again like there this there is no limit to what you can achieve with that mentality it's just the challenge You put in the work (laughs) exactly and the challenge is to maintain that mentality because there's there's those days man where it's just (laughs) like you hate the world and you don't want to do anything you want to curl in bed and do nothing at all you know and And we all
0: have those days
1: absolutely And just you have to on those days is where you kind of teach yourself to be really disciplined and maintain that strength. And it's ah, easier said than done. Easier said than done. Absolutely. But again, that that is the path to success. So if if you if you're serious about wanting to be successful, that's the way to go.
0: It is. So let's talk about your uh, startup, because that's exciting. The one that you're involved in. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm currently, so I'm currently working for a company called um, uh, RideGo. So what they do is they're involved in the area of on-demand transit. So there's there's uh, a lot of areas where, especially this was accelerated because of the pandemic too. There's a lot of bus bus routes where there's not a lot of ridership. And so because of that, uh, the costs are going up. It it doesn't make sense to use those bus routes anymore. And so they get canceled in some situations. They don't have an alternative solution. Um, so what my company does is, um, they, they partner with companies that have fleets of vehicles, or it could be the public transit agency that, uh, that has those buses. And, uh, we come in with, um, with a piece of software that that's able to optimize the system in, uh, in and, and allows passengers to request rides. Oh, and it's not, okay. it's kind of similar to Uber, but we don't necessarily request rides from like your house to, I don't know, the mall or something. It's, it can be if the service is set up like that, but it's also, we can maintain the same bus, bus lanes. It's just, um, we're, with, with with the on-demand service that we um we offer it allows the pastor to kind of know okay well you're going to be picked up at this time and you're going to be dropped off at, at this time it lets them know ahead of time so they don't have to wait out in the cold if you're in right. north of manitoba for like <laughs> two, 45 minutes you know um and on the other side uh we also because we run an optimization system it tries to maximize the number of people in in the vehicle at one time
0: oh so uh, like calculate the best route to pick everyone up. Exactly.
1: Yeah? Exactly. So, so it tries to drive the cost down per, per vehicle hour. Basically it tries to uh, optimize systems so that. The idea is like the way, the way the, the financials work, if, if you have more people taking that same car, it's the cost of maintaining that vehicle goes down. Right. So the idea is to try and maximize the use of that vehicle during its shift, uh, so that's that's what our software does, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a very complicated problem. Apparently, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's similar to the traveling salesman problem, which uh, the traveling salesman problem it's a very well known problem in the area of computer science, where it's basically uh, it's the problem of what what's the optimal the dis- uh, optimal path that I can take to reach from every city in, let's say in the U S without reaching the same city twice. Right. And, and uh, taking as few like, uh, and w- yeah, what's the optimal distance for all that. So I want to I hit every city in the U S and uh, I, I can only travel to that same city once. So like figuring <laughs> out that route is very, very complicated. Uh, so we're kind of trying to do something similar um and uh yeah it's uh it's, it's very interesting like I'm, I'm working i'm working in their uh qa department so it's
0: uh our department kind of is that quality assurance or? that's
1: right that's right so basically we're the department that kind of makes sure that the code is the code that's being submitted by the programmer is doing what it's supposed to do and if it's solving the problem that's supposed to be solving like and that in that perspective is do we understand what the problem is actually right um what I mean by problem is um, maybe it's a bug fix or it's a a new feature that we're introducing. And, and if, if this bit of code is introducing that feature as we expect it to. Right. Uh, When we look at it from that perspective and also, what is expected? We try. We, we usually try and answer that question too. What is actually expected? Do we understand what, what's being expected? If, if not, we need to dig more and then come back and then we look at this code and be like, okay, so is it addressing the problem or not?
0: Right, and then you can actually show the data.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. we we, uh, we run, yeah, we, we usually run a bunch of tests on it. Like there, there's different types of testing that you can do on a piece of software. Um, there's automated testing, which is, you have a program that does, Specific testing on the bit of code. Okay. Um, there's manual testing where you're literally doing the testing yourself. Like you're 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 going through the flow of the system. Like you're trying to book a ride. You're acting as a driver. You're acting as an operator in the system, and you kind of test the area where this bit of code is touching. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's performance testing that we do. So let's say if if this bit of code has to it has to perform, I don't know, it has to do something with, within half a second. Uh, we test it against a lot of data and a lot of information coming through and see what happens. Does, does it still stay within half a second? If not,
0: then we have a problem. Adjust it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and is that just in Waterloo that you're doing? Yes. Okay. Are That's you, right. Are you yeah. guys planning to expand out after or? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. As, uh, as the company grows, we're, we're definitely... Sorry, are you asking about the service or the company? I
0: guess
1: both. Yeah. So so the company is based out of Waterloo. Right now we we're, we're still a fairly small company. I'd say it's like uh we're approaching 50. Uh so it's okay. uh it's a nice community. Getting it's getting up a, there yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I guess I guess it's not fair to necessarily say it's a startup because they've been around for about like 7 8 years. Um it's just it, it this this sort of concept of on-demand transit took took a while to to pick up. Right. Um so I guess more like a small business, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but so the service itself is uh, is used a lot in North America. Like we have we have a ton of uh, offerings. We have we're, we're involved in um, in the paratransit service in St. Catharines, for example. Um, we have services out in Alberta. We have a big launch right now. Actually, it just launched today. It's a like it's the biggest launch of its kind in, in LA. Oh so, really? Yeah. So we, we actually have people uh, on online right now like kind of monitoring like how things are going and like I have I have my phone just like if things are if if we have problems like
0: we are on call have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly exciting.
1: <laughs> so uh yeah yeah it's it's interesting like later later after after this call i'm going to i going to check how, how things are going but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so so i mean it, we we definitely offer a lot uh, in, in north america i think we have a couple areas that we're looking to uh work with in south america also oh well. uh and eventually but like a I mean, global yeah, eventually, like worldwide, like this, 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 uh, this concept can be applied anywhere, really, you should, anywhere where there's transit, you can, you can make it more efficient with on demand transit, for sure.
0: Huh. And what was the name of the company? Uh, Rideco. Uh, Rideco. So R-I-D-E-C-O. And do they have any social media or anything? How would they reach out to you guys?
1: Uh, reach out to us in what sense?
0: Like for example, is it gonna be something that they can reach out to to order a bus, or is it simply through the city, or how does that? Oh, work?
1: yeah. So usually it's it's the, like the an city. App or so the city offers typically the service. Oh, okay. We we just provide the surface. We come with the, with the software and maybe with a partnering with a fleet company if if the transit company doesn't have vehicles. Oh, okay. um, so typically, this kind of service, you'd you download the transit. Agencies app like for example in waterloo it's grt and you'd like you'd download the grt app and it actually be uh, integrated
0: with your software that's right exactly okay gotcha so
1: yeah but yeah we're we're on linkedin i think we have a, a medium uh, account also uh is yeah if you search for Rideco, like uh, you'll find out for <laughs> you'll sure <find> it, yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah what else yeah there, there's multiple companies that do this i mean we're definitely not the only one um but yeah, it's a, know, it's, it's a very interesting industry that I didn't, didn't know about until I joined them. So
0: it's, it's <laughs> a fun area. How did you area. find them? Like, how did you come across them?
1: Honestly, I applied. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, like, it was, it was when I was still working at Hatch and uh, like, I was looking to transition to software and I, I, uh, I applied to them. Uh, I applied to a bunch of other companies too. And they, uh, you know, they took a chance on me and
0: uh, <laughs> I never looked back ever since. Oh, wow. How long has it been now since you've uh, been that uh, about done? about six months now? Okay. Yeah. So I I guess
1: personally maybe I'm still a newbie in the area of, uh, <laughs> of uh, software, but uh, yeah, I definitely I mean feel a lot more comfortable with software than from where I started. Like it's I used to I used to look at code and think I'm looking at like Egyptian Egyptian <laughs> yeah. signs.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still look at it like that, so
1: that's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get it, right? Like you look at me, like what? what, what am I looking at? Like
0: is this <laughs> is supposed to be code? what? <laughs> so I guess another question I have for you is: what is an unusual habit or something strange that you love or that you love to do?
1: So, it's one. This is one thing that. I started doing a while back and kind of fell back from, but I want to get back into it's I used to get up around like 4am, 4.30 in the morning and, and do, do these routines. Like I I would, I would go to, go to the gym, meditate, journal, um, learn something for myself, like read, read books, and do this whole bit before work started. And I, I just absolutely loved it. Like, being able to do all, all these things, like for myself, work on myself and then start the day. It's like, what it time was, did you
0: go to sleep at
1: <laughs> uh, very early. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, eight but, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was really hard to go to bed though. Like, I mean, I've always had trouble when going to bed to fall asleep. It takes me, oh my God, like half an hour, an hour after <laughs> being in bed. It just, my mind just races. I don't know why it's, it's like, I'm the same way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: you get it. Like there's this meme goes, goes around just like, when, uh, when you go to sleep and it's like, all right, so what's the volume of the moon, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> and it's like, what?
0: <laughs> Why are you thinking about that? Go to sleep. Yeah, you go to sleep. <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was very tough to go to bed, but, uh, I would still get up and it was, it was kind of an experiment with myself being like, well, okay, so let's try these routines. It was around. Discipline. The exactly. <laughs> let's try the, the like this discipline game. And, uh, I loved it. I absolutely love it. I miss it. I really miss it. I'm trying to get back into it now. And it's tough. Like it's it uh, uh, again, you have to take it step by step. You have to, you
0: know, if, if let's say you typically get up at maybe seven. Okay. Try six <laughs> fifty. Just say. incrementally try to get up earlier and earlier. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the
1: point where that's what I did before too. And the next thing you know, you get up at 4 35 AM and you start your day and it's amazing, man. It's just, it's quiet like no one's, uh, no one's around to bug you, nothing. You just kind of work on your thing. Relax. <laughs> yeah. And you just, you get into this mindset where it's just like, you you get really focused and, and proud proud of yourself too. Like you, you, you know, you build with, you build this rapport with yourself where you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Cause, and this <laughs> level of confidence. Like, so I'd say, yeah, yeah. When, when, I, would tell, when I used to sell, uh, tell people about this, they're like, what, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <So> <laughs> Why are like, you getting up that early? What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just like working on myself, man. Working yeah, on myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess yeah. another question I have for you is what is an investment that you made that you thought to be really worthwhile, whether it be money, time, energy?
1: Um, I would say the investment. Uh, well, first of all, best investment that you can do is in yourself. Right. More, more than more than money, I would say. Um, and the best investment I did in myself is to to dive into the put the energy in, in learning software, learning software, and learning the area of uh, of artificial intelligence too. Um, and it, it was those things that I said before. is just bit by bit learning, um, uh, from blogs online, taking these online courses, building my own projects, um, reading books, um, and then also starting a master's to kind of dip my feet in the area and build some credentials and, and the time that I've put into it, it paid off. I mean, look, look where I am. Right. And like thinking back, I just, being able to pull something like this off, you, you build a level, like, a confidence with yourself which is like you know what i was able to jump in industry uh yeah. what else can i do you know like <laughs> it's it limitless of, exactly <laughs> really right? yeah so yeah i would say that's probably one of the best things i could have done with myself and uh it's it's this area it's this concept of just continue learning don't don't stop learning yes. It's don't think of like university of the only time or college or high school um of the only area that you're you're going to be learning that's or just even more. after
0: you've already started your career absolutely you'll have to stop <laughs>
1: yeah it's it, learning is is for life it's it's how you learn is what what's more important um because school is the way they are today they kind of teach you of a system where you're just like you sit down you shut up and you listen you know right. and it's it's not necessarily that way it's uh, different people have different ways of learning and don't uh don't shy away of learning differently um don't shy away from new information because uh, when you stop learning, um, bad things tend to happen. Like, yeah, you, yes. yeah, like you kind of, you, you, you slowly- complacent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's stale and like you, you'll over time notice that you fall behind and you don't
0: know why. Right.
1: And it's usually these things where it's just, you stop learning, you're spending, I don't know, maybe too much time on social media or, or other YouTube
0: where, or whatever you're doing. Right?
1: Like, <laughs> it's like it, the internet can be- very good for you or very bad for you because right. it depends on how you use it and it's uh up to you to control how you use it otherwise <laughs> ex- I, c- <laughs> yeah, I can here we go a creature Come- of discipline in your <laughs> <routine>. <laughs> yeah, absolutely like uh, otherwise like if if you don't discipline yourself uh and like control what information you take in the world will give you a ton of information it's just how the world we live in today you're going to be bombarded with information it's up to you to control what information you take in
0: you have to synthesize it and Exactly. Like you Feel said, prioritize. Yeah. yeah. Figure out what's most important to help you reach your goals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and be careful how often you turn on that phone and how, like,
0: <laughs> yeah. like turn I the think, notifications yeah, off.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Like, put your phone on airplane mode when you go to sleep or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: <I do>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously.
1: You have to, because we, we live in a world now where I think most of us have this trigger. It's just like of wanting to check our phone every five yeah. minutes, even if it's it nothing.
0: It's like, oh, got it. Yeah, check it's back. so
1: bad. <laughs> like, we're like, we're like Pavlov's Pavlov's dog or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah,
0: salivating at the, the yeah. bell. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, oh, what's new? What's new? It's <laughs> like, what? Come on. So there's another question I was going to ask you. So are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was a uh, huge fan of Tim Ferriss. A lot of my questions. uh, Yeah. So one question he always asks and similarly to him, I'll take the responsibility if you don't have an answer for it. Let's say you had a metaphorical billboard where everyone can see a message that you have on it. What would that billboard say? It could be a quote, a statement, an idea advice
1: what's i don't know why this is coming to mind but it's um i think i think gandhi said this um but basically uh, be the change you want to see in the world
0: nice that's a good one
1: (laughs) that's and and if 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 i would if if i could throw a second one all right i'll let you have a second one (laughs) Like, number one would be like, um, be the change you want to see in the world. But second one is, uh, I think Einstein said this, where it's like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will always think it's stupid.
0: Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a really good one, too.
1: So uh, like, I I personally think there's, there's like, there is a genius in everybody. It's just, it's what their genius at is what, where the self-discovery has to go. Right. I think everybody's got an ability to do something very special.
0: They just have it's, to
1: find it. You have to find it. You have to spend time with yourself, and for like, don't get distracted by the world with all this information, all the social media. Spend time with yourself,
0: and Go you have onwards. to fail.
1: Absolutely, when you fail,
0: that's when you know you, as a fish, you can't climb a tree. You should probably do something else. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And listen to those. Right? It's it's it, in failures where you truly discover yourself. It's not in success. Right. It's not uh, in success. You just get this high of happiness, of like sudden jolt of happiness, whatever it is. <laughs> but in failure, it's where that pain really makes you rethink where you are.
0: Right, and that's when you grow the most. Absolutely. Again,
1: we have to go through pain to exactly. to grow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners, viewers? Any advice? Last comments? Suggestions?
1: Uh, I would say don't, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Um, There, there is a way you just, but you have to be persistent. Even if you keep running from failure to failure, again, all you need is one success for it to work out. And for all you know, the next try you're going to have will be the successful try. So don't ever give up because there's always that extra time you can, uh, you can reach that successful point.
0: Perfect. I think that's a fantastic way to finish it off. Again, Gabe, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure to speak with you.
1: This was absolutely amazing, man. Thanks thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. We'll do it again sometime soon. Maybe we'll have a whole episode on just AI and technology. (laughs) I
1: know. Once I read up on it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Perfect. All right. you all for tuning into our show we hope you enjoyed today's episode and as always learned something you didn't know before or found something interesting you can talk about at the next family dinner whenever that is if there is a topic you would be interested in hearing us talk about or discuss you can reach out to us at readyworking.com or email contact at readyworking.com